party partners. Hi. Hi, besties. How are you all? This is another beautiful week from Seattle, Washington. Still alive. Oh, do we have an episode for you? I am so excited. Yeah. We have Barunji, who is a comic, and we talked about immigration, mm-hmm. racism, Basically, the immigrant experience in America. We uh, had a great time, and he is just so wise. And he just, you know, when people speak and it makes you feel calm, yeah, he's got that quality about him. Definitely got some good voice. 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 He could do (laughs) ASMR. Yeah, he could. So we're just going to go ahead and jump into the episode because we're just ready to share. Let's do it. All right, here's the episode, and we have an amazing special guest. Oh, Jesus. The famous, the <laughs> infamous Barunji. Do you just want to start by introducing yourself? Tell us your credentials. What are you about? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Barunji is my name. I am a Seattle comedian during the day, and then I have a day job as well. <laughs> um, uh, wait, wait, wait. Day job in the day, comedian at night. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a multi-task. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I've been, I've been in the comedy game for like five years now. I've been living in America for like eight years now. Moved here from Uganda. Uh, went to college here. Graduated. I'm a soccer coach. Ooh. I've been doing that for a few years now as well. So I juggle quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> a dollar here, a dollar there. I so we have yeah. two immigrants in the house today yeah. yeah you as you guys know our beloved host verity say mm-hmm. hi <laughs> <Again>. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about i mean kind of your both of your guys' immigrant stories and mm-hmm. then also comedy and just have some fun and i'm really excited me too cool. thank you so much for being here no problem all right, so like, let's just start. Like, you said you've been in America for eight years, right? Yeah, uh, let's see, two thousand eight to now, so twelve maybe. Twelve. Okay, yeah. cool. I've been in America for like sixteen. I came when I was like about to turn nine. Yeah. But I was like a, a kid. I was a child. Oh, nice. So you do just, you remember it? Yeah, I remember okay. it. It was traumatic. So <laughs> <laughs> it's up there. Um, yeah. But what age did you come? I was, I think, seventeen, eighteen. Okay, cool. Eighteen. Cool, cool. Yeah. So I was. Uh, Almost a grown man. <laughs> it was perfect timing, if, if I'm being honest, because I can't imagine like coming here young. I mean, it's give and take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's certain good good things about moving young, because when you're young, you can adjust. Yeah. Right. When you're older, it's harder. I yeah. agree. But but 18 is not. It's right in the middle. Mm-hmm. So like you know, you can pick up new habits. You can drop some. It's just you know, culture, and it's, you know, just depends. Yeah. Did you find like your transition here to be like smoothly, or was there anything? like specifically challenging for you yeah there was a lot of challenge <laughs> <laughs> at the time it sucked and and you know so i, I moved here for, for college mm-hmm. so one thing that happens when you move here the first time is y- you can't work anywhere right except mm-hmm. on campus mm-hmm. so like you imagine the radius of c- the campus is all that you can do and that's yeah. very so because you had like a student visa yeah got you yeah so all my jobs were like shitty jobs you know mm-hmm. so you working the cafeteria <laughs> Or behind the cafeteria. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so it was very restricted. I, I did the parking lot. Yeah, like valet? Yeah. Uh, n- not valet per se. Okay. I was just the guy giving like parking tickets and shit. Oh, oh okay. I've gotten a lot of those. <laughs> like I was literally infamous for having parking tickets on my car. And they're like, don't, why don't you just buy a parking pass? And I was like, I'm never going to pay these tickets and I'm not buying a parking pass. <laughs> I hated it too. I hated giving people tickets. But I was also like, uh, basically, now that I think back, it's like I went to a predominantly white school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, Ditto. And, yeah. <laughs> As most universities are. Yeah. And so I'm working the parking booth. So you're the first line of defense. Like, yeah. If a school shooter comes <laughs> I know we used to have these trainings and I'm like, I'm not doing any of this. Like I'm running. If no. I see a dude in a leather jacket. <laughs> yeah, they're they're always like they're like, the first thing is you should do is fight. And I was like, like no. <laughs> that is exactly like I, I love the camera though. Like working the camera. Oh, okay. you're, yeah, you're yeah, fr- yeah. Like if you see him on the camera, you're like Three one one three one. <laughs> you can just you know say it from a distance and, and stay away. Hey you guys, uh, my shift's over. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, no. Yeah, so that was fun. I mean, it was an easy job, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's very like uh, it, it, there's no brain work. You're not learning anything, and people are different. Some people were nice, some were not. Uh, like I, I posted this on my Instagram like six months or so ago, which was uh, so when I was doing the job, I'd wear casual clothing. Um, so like like right now, like yeah. wear a black mm-hmm. t-shirt, jeans, just go get in a booth. So this one time, I saw broken glass down, you know, next in the car between cars and i went to inspect it because it's part of my job and on my way back i saw this lady and she said hi i said hi she smiled i smiled she went her way i went back to the booth then minutes later security came through. <laughs> and this security were my co-workers <laughs> and they're like have you seen any suspicious <laughs> and i'm like i have not seen anything <laughs> And then they're like, wow. And then they start inspecting the place. And then they come back and they're like, what were you wearing? And I started to describe everything. And they just burst out laughing. Oh, my God. Yeah. A so. microaggression. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I was like, that? Okay. <laughs> I think that is definitely the hardest part about transitioning to America is like in Mexico, most people looked like me. Yeah. So obviously, like Mexico and every other country has their own issues, like in Mexico, there's a lot of colorism issues and classism. But when you come to America, it's like the first time I experienced racism. And like, I got to basically learn like what that meant. And honestly, like, now I realize that it made me really afraid of a lot of things that I have just like normalized. Like when I walk through spaces, I'm like kind of checking to see who's around me. And I'm more threatened in a group of white people than in a group of like people of color. Like I walk into a group of people of color. and I'm like, okay, no problem. Like I'm okay here. But for some reason, when I walk into a group of like white people, Mm -hmm. I like tense up. Yeah. I had this crazy experience. I went on a mission trip that I shouldn't have gone on, but I went on a mission (laughs) trip to Guatemala when I was in fourth grade. And I remember my friend being like, Ella, you have no idea what it's like. Like, I stick out like a sore thumb here. And I'm like, bitch, do you mean like my life? Like, Like, and it was so funny because she was like, oh, I never thought about that. And I was like, that's crazy. Like that people can't put themselves in somebody else's position until they've physically felt it. It's like, 
a lack of empathy. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a it's a tricky one, uh, especially. So I went to Seattle University. Oh, cool. Mm. Yeah, which I, when I was there, the diversity sucked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very expensive school too. It, it is. Yeah. I, I was on scholarship. <laughs> <obviously>. <laughs> But the time I was there, there was literally a handful of us as far as black folk and then a couple of Mexicans. And they had a little bit, but it wasn't that many. Right. But towards the end, it started to change. Um, By the time I graduated, they went aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) Diversity. Yeah, they got got them in like a lot. And and that's when our basketball team got better. All these people. Yeah, it was, uh, they were nice to me. They, you know, the school was nice. They, most of the people were nice. And it was just weird being that, that one person or, you know, every class you walk into. And, so, you know, when, like, I took economics classes, you know, when they get to an African country. Mm-hmm. They're like, all right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I was pretty much the assistant professor. Yeah. In those classes. Um, <laughs> I feel that. I, anyone I, brings up immigration. <laughs> I literally, so. I, I don't know what I got. I have to add to this conversation but okay yeah <laughs> the funniest thing is i was in a political science class and he was trying to make um a point he was like he literally turned to me and he was like tell me <laughs> what was your family's reaction when oj got off <laughs> and i literally was like i was first of all baffled i was like bro this is 20 like 13 that happened in 1994 i wasn't alive we don't talk about how my fucking grandfather reacted to oj getting off and mm-hmm. i was like i have no idea and he goes well let me tell you they're probably really excited <laughs> and it's a white guy telling me this and i was literally like i've never been more uncomfortable in a college classroom in my entire life oh man those classes i we had i had took one class where there was this couple which was weird because they signed up as a couple for a class that's always uh, weird that's yeah. always weird and 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 these guys were aggressive like they were like <laughs> on the other side you know like we we took like one of the classes one time when we were talking about coffee farmers mm-hmm. how starbucks you know sources coffee from these poor countries and at right. the t- not just starbucks but also other companies and the farmers don't get their pay right. or at least th- they get you know um shifted or whatever mm-hmm. and this couple went the opposite way they're like why don't they work harder oh my why don't God. they do this what if they save some money what if they do this and uh, you know it just became this awkward thing where you're like oh my god you don't get it do you no and uh, but it was every topic whenever something <laughs> yeah you know like, like immigration like why don't they come here the right way uh, why don't they buy a ticket and come through the air you know the, the airplane like everybody else why don't they leave their kids there and you're like this is a 101 class yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> So that was that was interesting. Yeah. One of the biggest things for me was my name. So my name in Spanish is Berenice, but obviously like in America, mm-hmm. it goes past people's heads. So it's like I whitened it a little. I was like Berenice. And I'm okay with that. I kind of like that better than like in Spanish because in Spanish it sounds a little rough and it's a little long. <laughs> um, and my family and friends in Mexico, they call me Bere. So it's like a shortened version. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the US, the, I, that I think was a, the biggest character builder for me because yeah. I learned to want to assimilate to the point where I didn't correct people for my name anymore. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? Like I'm not going to cost like a scene or I'm not going to take space to say that. And then one time I was also working at a cafeteria in college. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Um, Extra fries, please. Yeah. <laughs> 
And one of the chefs asked me for my name and I was like, oh, it's Bernice. And he was like, okay, am I saying it right? And I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. I don't care, you know? And he was like, you have to have more personality than that. And I was like, you know what? You're, you're fucking right. Like it's Bernice. Say that with the accent and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been frustrating because being your friend, because like I get mad for you because I'm just like, it's not that hard. And you sound it out and give people like, it's like this, but and it's literally people, I just hate it when like we're at a party and you'll say your name and someone will just be like too drunk to like realize they're being stupid and they'll be like, yeah, I'm not going to remember that. And then just walks <laughs> away and you're like, literally like, thank you for showing me that you're not worth my time. Yeah, at all. Yeah, names are tricky. For a while, I did what most immigrants do, which is, you know, you just find some short form mm. or even a letter. Right, right. You know, like if I go to Starbucks, I'll be like, oh, it's just like B. B, yeah. And then it's even <laughs> worse when they get that one wrong, too. <laughs> you get your cup and it's like V. <laughs> it's like, oh. So we went from Birunji to B to V. Um, and then the one that I saw recently that actually kind of pisses me off is co-workers. Mm communicating on like chat right yeah yeah, yeah. and fucking my name up in chat yeah or it's like it's right emailing there you back and yeah. it's not spelled right you could copy and paste girl. you could copy and paste my name yeah <laughs> I've gotten some, i don't know if it's because we hang out but people will send me emails like hey berenice and i'm like <laughs> this is not her i was like i literally would be like we're on the same team and we're both brown but that's yeah. like the only similarity <laughs> and i like don't understand how this is happening over email you know i'm saying my biggest yeah. one is when they go you say your name and they're like oh, that's so beautiful <laughs> like, okay i didn't ask yeah but okay just add it on because you're uncomfortable i get it yeah uh, i mean i mean it's just a mystique that you know hollywood and all this media has built around uh like basically we're all playing a game of they're different or you're different mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so when someone hears your name they're like oh my god that's so you know or when they hear oh you're from jamaica whatever they're like oh my god that's so cool it's like no it's <laughs> just another country yeah it's just another country just another language it's the same bullshit we we all deal with the same bullshit in a different context i think that's so interesting and something i've gained a lot from travel is that like i think it's so weird that americans are like like america's the best country and they're so proud to be americans because you yeah. go to other places in the world like I did not have that great of time in France because they don't fucking like Americans there. <laughs> and I can kind of see why, because I was, someone was explaining to me that everyone in Europe or in most places, people speak multiple languages because dialects are different and stuff like that. And then Americans just speak English and then expect everybody else to conform to <laughs> what they speak. When it's like, that's so crazy. If you're going to come to another country, but you want me to speak your language from one random fucking country. So I see that. I, even when I went back home, like I, I see Americans come in and there are different ones, but I'll, but I think actually it's a Western thing, not just America, yeah. where when we go to certain places, we expect things to be at our standards. Like this, yeah. this white guy saw a van pull up like a 14 person seater and it was packed. This was pre-COVID, before COVID. <laughs> 
and he's like, it's too full. I, you know, I can't get on. And the guy just shut the door. He's like, bye. <laughs> You've been waiting a while. <laughs> he's like, you're in a different country. All that whatever bullshit. Yeah. The yeah. fire marshal say this and that. Mm. That doesn't roll. Yeah. I, I was talking to a friend about like earthquakes and what you're supposed to do if it's like a really bad earthquake. And I'm like, yeah, in Mexico, they do teach you to kind of hide under things, but not really because the buildings in Mexico like are not going to withstand. Like you run, like yeah. you run out of the building <laughs> and she was like no 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 you you like go under things and i and she was like well in america do that and i'm like i've seen some buildings in america and i still wouldn't <laughs> table. i love to shit on america of course but it's also like a good place uh, mm-hmm. do you have like any positive impressions or nice things that once you moved here you felt oh absolutely um i think i think the, the thing about moving uh to a new country um i think it's kind of just it's like a relationship you know when oh. you when you move in the first time with someone you know they're they're beautiful <laughs> they're amazing <laughs> you know they 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 always got their makeup done mm. the nice dress whatever it is i'm speaking from my perspective <laughs> but over time you start to learn things you know <laughs> 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 you know, you learn how they sleep, how they mm-hmm. snore, when the makeup is off. Um, <laughs> you get to see that they have that one attire that they wear when they get home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the hair comes down. Like, you know, yeah. you start yeah, to yeah, see yeah. a different side. And then you even see the most extreme side. You know, it's like how they eat, uh, how they drink. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, wow. you start to see all that. And then it's a question of, can you stand it? Yeah. Mm. So it's the same when, you know, you, when you move to a country, like the fr- I remember the first time I came, everything was amazing. Right. Compared to what I was coming from. You know, it's like the roads were nice. The traffic lights work. <laughs> you know, food everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, entertainment. Like it was rosy mm-hmm. at first. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, over time, I met friends who would take me to different neighborhoods. Right. You know, like I go to a Mexican neighborhood, like a real, real Mexican neighborhood that's where i got this tattoo over here (laughs) (laughs) i asked for a map of africa i got a map of cuba (laughs) (laughs) anyway so you get to see different neighborhoods different cities And then you start to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least for me, I ask questions. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm like, why is this neighborhood different from that neighborhood? Why are these people poorer than these people? Why are these guys richer than these guys? And then, you know, the, the way I am, I ask questions. And, you know, once I started asking those questions, I, I liked I, or didn't like some of the answers I got. Yeah. But to answer your question, as far as positives, I have a theory. And the theory is in every time there is a destination in in every era. So like in the Roman days, Rome was that destination. If you're a fighter, athlete, scientist, that's where you went. Mm -hmm. So I think whether people like it or not, America is that right now. For better or worse. Mm -hmm. So the best athletes come here. Best comedians come here. The best fighters come here. It's just a destination. Right. And that is kind of beautiful. And but it's that's where also the weirdness comes in yeah. some of the people that come here either pretend like they own it mm. like i was listening to this podcast where this white comedian was like why are these african and all these comedians coming here and then shitting on america and i was like well it's a destination once i come yeah. here and i see things i have to question them i have to talk about them yeah it, it's, it's a response yeah yeah so it's a it's just a destination irish people came here english people came here german people came here yeah um it's just where you end
stand up if you're good at what you do mm. or if you're escaping. <laughs> I like that. No, yeah, no, I I feel that. I think first moving here, I moved from Mexico City uh-huh. and that's just like a ton of people. It's pretty unsafe. Like mm-hmm. I had a phone since I was eight years old because you really like if you're a kid, you can't just be like roaming the streets by yourself. Mm-hmm. And in the U.S., I felt safe. I mean, it's Seattle, so it yeah. felt like y- you could go outside and play and everything would be good. I also get the understanding with the layers. Like I first moved to an international school and I started meeting people like from all over the world and it was awesome because I had never been exposed to anybody but like Mexican people Um, and I think that's probably my favorite part about America Mm -hmm. is that you're able to meet people from anywhere in the world Yeah. so that that would be my the one I give but also with that I think that you're able to see the groups of people that are favored and the groups of people who are not yeah it's I mean so I went through a phase when I was so I, I graduated college and then there was a time where I didn't have a job Mm -hmm. so all I did was smoke weed (laughs) and and watch documentaries (laughs) yeah and I did that for like six months and it changed like I I watched a bunch of documentaries I read a few books and it gave me a different perspective um, about the country you know like I went all the way back you know I read Malcolm X Mm -hmm. read uh, MLK I read uh, Marcus Garvey the the founder of the um, what is it called like Back back to Africa yeah the Back to Africa movement Um, I watched uh, the Zeitgeist documentaries I went all the way back Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I started to see a different side of the country. So a lot of it, honestly, yes, it's negative, but it's not, it's complex. Yeah. Yeah. It is very complex. Like anything. Yeah. Especially in America where it's, it's like a lot of, regardless of the topic. So like I was reading this book about, um, basically about the separation of kids, mm-hmm. uh, immigrant kids mm-hmm. from their parents. And I was reading an essay about it. It was from 1985. <laughs> we're in 2020 yeah. and it's the same issue. Yeah. When you mentioned uh, Malcolm X's autobiography, I reread it recently and I was like, you know what's the part that I like makes me so icky about this is that I can relate to what he's saying. You know what I'm saying? Like it's still like really pre- prevalent and like I think the thing that kind of resonated with me a lot was people's own internalized racism mm-hmm. and like how that manifests within people and with myself with like straightening my hair and stuff like that. And so it's really crazy that in 2020 things haven't changed as much like obviously like there's things that have changed but we're still seeing like the same issues definitely and i think it's also like there's a lot i feel like more efforts of decolonizing like your brain and the way that you have internal racism like me first moving here and trying to assimilate was like my way of like trying to survive and not feel like i was like this super weird kid yeah and now i have to like relearn that like basically my self-esteem relied a lot on Mm -hmm. what i felt like i needed to be in order to be successful be american you know quote Mm -hmm. unquote yeah and now i have to like really reteach the ways that my brain works in those ways yeah so it's hard but yeah i at the end of the day i think also like social media has been a huge help in like teaching younger people that it's okay to be like their own race and to be beautiful in their own race yeah yeah well that but that also is a scary part too because it's like being black or colored or whatever is kind of in vogue right now yeah Mm -hmm. so it's like so it's 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 kind of like (laughs) 
we're trendy. It's, 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 I mean, I think maybe two years ago, I was saying, I was like, Berenice, being a small brown girl with curves is in right now. We're the hot commodity. Thank you, Kim Kardashian, even though you're white, but whatever. It is, it is. And part of me makes me, you know, I'm like, is this real or is it, you know? So, like, I, in my neighborhood, I know it's like 80% white people, but it's like every household has a black, a black Lives Matter sign. Yeah. Some of them even have two. <laughs> <laughs> Just to show how yeah. passionate they are. I, I even saw a Jamaican flag. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, like I, I, I even you can do this too. It's like just go look at that sign and see where it was made. It's like anybody can make this sign. I guarantee you, some white dude has a website that's <laughs> selling Black Lives that's Matter. That's profiting sign. up Black Lives Matter. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I went to a rally. I live in a neighborhood that is historically a black neighborhood, mm-hmm. Ethiopian neighborhood, yeah. and I grew up there. Yeah. And I've seen it change like so much. Like when yeah. I lived there, it wasn't a nice neighborhood to live in, and now <laughs> it's like the it neighborhood. There's PCC. There's Amazon Fresh. You know, like all the the homes around me that were like the oldest homes where like black people live have been basically tore down and it's old townhouses like okay, some trendy shit you yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> and it's just been taken over and I was at a rally in my neighborhood and someone came up and said you know you all put like these black lives matter signs but like you basically you took over our homes like yeah you care about this but gentrification is still targeting people of color like the people that you're saying that matter where mm-hmm. are they like you know yeah. and that was really powerful I was like okay yeah you're it's, right it's all lip, lip service um, a, a good chunk of it because um, it's the same with my neighborhood it's like all the shit that's coming up and they're still building there's a lot coming mm. up and it's not for yeah. people like me it's no. not <laughs> it's not and that's the problem with gentrification right you're rebuilding and rebuilding isn't terrible the mm. fact is that you're rebuilding and you're putting you're displacing families and you're putting a bigger price so there's no way that they can ever come back to that neighborhood yeah yeah, I mean, I mean, it's really weird because I've been a lot of people come to Seattle and like I I remember one comic was like, is there anyone in here that's actually from Seattle? And I was like, maybe one of two people. Right. So mm-hmm. it's been very weird because people talk about Seattle. I'm like, bro, I've been here for like 26 years. Things have changed drastically because I had the same experience where yeah. it's like the house I grew up in. Like, I have this joke where I'm just saying, like, gentrification's fucking up my street cred. Because, like, <laughs> when I was in middle school and high school, I was like, yeah, I'm from the CD, motherfucker. And now that's, like, a nice, <laughs> nicer neighborhood. And it's from like... Starbucks in 26. <laughs> yeah, literally. So... Stop you with this plastic floor. <laughs> I was a different person back then. <laughs> that still goes down, though. That Starbucks still sketchy. I know. It's not that nice of a neighborhood. Okay, I have another question. So do you feel any, like, that people make any assumptions based on your identity as an immigrant? And that could be, like, other people or it could be, like, your family. You, as an immigrant in the U.S., you, like, have certain expectations. The one that comes, pills off my head is, is for instance, uh, one time I, I, I was talking to these people after a show. This was a little bit the first few years of my comedy time. And this guy came up after, you know, the show, and he's like, oh, nice, you were great, you are amazing. It's like, but when you walked up there, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be bad. <laughs> like he... <laughs> <laughs> no because he he thought he was just gonna get roasted no he just thought like i had nothing like he wasn't even sure if i if i spoke english maybe or if mm. i knew how to speak or like so it was another <laughs> microaggression <laughs> <laughs> I, you know but but sometimes i like it because it's like it's an opportunity to upstage right yeah so i'm like you thought i was gonna bomb no i'm not gonna bomb yeah. you thought i had no story guess what i have stories for days um so yeah it's it's um it, you're always a Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's 
true. That's very true. Sometimes I feel like you have to prove yourself yeah, to yeah. be in this space, which is kind of annoying. But at least, honestly, being underestimated isn't bad. Yeah. And I kind of like it sometimes when people like don't assume I'm like I'm smart or, yeah. you know, because then I can just navigate around you. I'm like running laps around you and you don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Besides, you know, personally, I, I always tell myself, I'm like, I've seen it all. Like, I, as, uh, not all, but like, as far as where, I, where I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far as where I grew up, the shit I've been through and all that. I'm like, I, I, I'm there. Like, I'm yeah. here and I've been through more shit than, like, if I'm, let's say I'm in a classroom, an office, whatever it is. Like, if, when I take an inventory, I'm like, yeah, I ain't seen shit. Even the CEO <laughs> who's 60, I'm like, I see more shit than you. <laughs> yeah, I I sometimes have to humble myself about, or not even humble myself, but just like think about like how far, because sometimes you like compare yourself around the people that you're around, you know what I'm saying? So like you're at work and you're like, oh, why am I not moving up more quickly or yeah. doing, and then I'm like, bitch, are you joking? Like you barely, like you had a struggle through college. You barely got there. Like it was, a, you, had, then you had a struggle through a degree and then you got a job. Like you weren't even supposed to do any of that shit. Like yeah. none of that was gonna be your story you know you could have defaulted and just like be doing you know whatever what i was doing working two fucking minimum wage jobs yeah trying to struggle yeah do you know Charlemagne the god yes yeah Yeah. he he wrote a book uh i believe the title is black privilege and i Mm. i haven't read the book but i would assume that's what he's talking about it's like most of us with you know bipoc background Mm -hmm. it's like not everybody but a good chunk of us have been through a lot yeah and that could be most of the time that's a negative but it could also be a positive because you've been at the bottom bottom yeah and 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 i even see that with this pandemic like go i don't know experiencing certain experiences that i have and working through like being like having like mental like health issues to just like mm-hmm. anxiety and depression and with the pandemic a bunch of people experienced that and they had never experienced like yeah those f- be- feelings before and i'm like i'm chilling like yeah <laughs> like, this is just another day my in life, life. Changed. <laughs> yeah like literally like it's like I, lo- I you know i got laid off i was like all right well you know you just yeah. you just adapt yeah literally it's like i've been i've been on the struggle bus before this is ain't new yeah an assumption i think that sometimes people people make of me where yeah. um i have a white boyfriend and mm-hmm. sometimes even with like congrats ra- <laughs> <laughs> you know it has his goods it has its bads. he's right upstairs he's probably doesn't mm-hmm. and he and usually people both like i would say all races maybe sometimes will ask me if like i'm dating him basically to like gain status because like i grew up undocumented then i had daca mm-hmm. i have another visa and mm-hmm. i'm gonna be able to be a resident all in my basically all on my family's own so but sometimes i feel like that's what people like kind of question and the thing is i think that the only person really benefiting from us being mm-hmm. together is him i get to share <laughs> my culture with him like my family yeah. those are all pretty good things yeah. so i don't know what people are assuming that mm-hmm. i'm gonna be the one benefiting <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, relationship. Uh, when it get when it comes to relationships, uh, th- that's a tricky one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, my wife is white too. Uh, Congrats too. <laughs> <laughs> we all have the, the interracial relationships. Yeah, love it. Th- it's a tricky one because you know it's a personal thing or should be personal. You know, because it's you and somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right. But then of course there's all this history between the different groups and stuff like that. And I'm not, I 
I'm not gonna lie that that's that's an ongoing thing because mm-hmm. things come up, you know. Yeah. Because obviously the, the two people like there's layers because yeah. it's not just the white white versus you know black or brown. There's also gonna be class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like you know not to put my shit out there, but like my wife and I have very different different classes. Yeah. As far as where we we grew up. Yeah. So there's all these different layers where you're like, damn, you guys do birthdays. <laughs> 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 do birthdays you vacations, vacations. Yeah. yeah there's all these things second homes second multiple home. christmas presents <laughs> it's still weird like when i go to my boyfriend's house and his parents get me presents like, and i'm oh like yeah. wow yeah i know they, they try to get me to sit on santa's lap i was like fuck no, no. <laughs> But I'll take the gifts. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, something also that benefits, I think, a white partner uh, mm-hmm. from dating somebody of color is you get to realize which ones of your friends are the racist mm-hmm. when you start dating somebody of color. Because they, they will always yeah. like call themselves out. They will do something <laughs> where you're like, oh, that yeah. doesn't flow. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to transition just like a little bit because you are a comedian. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. A, a star. <laughs> Um, I don't know about stop, but go ahead. So did you always want to be a comedian? What's your comedian story? So a little bit after, when I was out of college, a friend invited me to a, to a party. And, uh, you know, he, he's a he's a my friend is he's in a wheelchair. So he's like, hey, man, I got a party going on. You got So I show up for the party. It's a great party. Uh, kind of <laughs> summer. It's hot. I get there and everybody there is old. It's like <laughs> 50 and over. It's slow. It's a okay. slow party. Okay. And, and I was like, what are we celebrating here? And, <laughs> and it was a dog retirement party. What? Yeah, his dog was retiring. Oh, like his service dog? Yes. Oh. Yeah. oh so it's okay. like a, a bunch of dogs, a bunch of old people. <laughs> And so if a few snacks and shit. So we did that. And then at the end of the show, they were like, hey, we have some comedians. And two guys came up. One was from South Africa. He flew all the way for that show. And then the other this guy. Is a pr- this is a boo- bougie <laughs> dog <laughs> retirement party. I know, right? <laughs> and then the other comedian was from Seattle. This American comedian. And I, and they bombed. Oh. <laughs> they, they died a horrible death. Oh. But part of me enjoyed every part. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, I was intrigued because I was like, what? This guy came from South Africa for this? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and then there's this guy, and then the dogs are not having it. <laughs> Old people not having it. So part of me was intrigued. I was like, wow, I, I like the the, the, the the war, the tug of war that was going on between the audience and these comedians. So after the after the party, they were in the back selling their merchandise and stuff. So I went up to one of them. I was like, yo, uh, how does this work? <laughs> and he, he pointed me to one of my first open mics and uh, I went and did it. And that was, I never turned back. <laughs> I had a similar experience where I went to, I always loved comedy, mm-hmm. but then I went to an, and you know, I was looking up online. They're like, go to an open mic. That's how you like get time. And I went to an open mic, not going to, pl- not going to go up mm-hmm. and bombing like <laughs> one right after the other. And there was, this was a big one. So I was like, nah, I'm going to just do it. And I, <laughs> I secretly had been preparing jokes and yeah, then yeah. like, I killed, like I killed, bro. <laughs> and I remember somebody being like, "Oh, that was really funny." And I was like, "Baby, this is it." <laughs> <laughs> now we're turning back now. 
But I think it's really cool that you like, obviously, you talk about your life a lot and make a lot of <laughs> comments. Well, some comics do one-liners about forks, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, do, have you ever thought about like, man, I didn't know that being an immigrant or having this background was going to provide me with like so much material? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like uh, when I started off, I noticed... I st- you're right. I still see this a lot. A lot of people don't want to get personal. I feel like I get personal. Granted, I need to write not personal <laughs> shit. <as well. laughs> they know too much. Yeah, yeah. I, need, <laughs> I need some jokes about forks and spoons. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. that. Which goes back to the black privilege thing we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the debates right now in comedy is about white comedians, especially white male comedians, and most of them feel hard done by the industry. They're like, we're not getting opportunity we're not doing that no 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 actually there is some legitimacy in 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 their grievances well yes and no i think Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of space so i feel like on Mm -hmm. some level it just doesn't make sense yeah bill burr he's doing perfectly fine joe rogan they're all doing fine yeah you know what i'm saying (laughs) so when people are like oh women of color are getting comedy specials Joe Rogan, Bill Burr, they're all still getting work. Yeah. So it's just really funny to me when we're having this conversation <laughs> at an open mic and someone to my face is like, oh, well, it's really good that you're black and a woman. You're definitely going to get time. And I'm like, I'm just funnier are than you, you are motherfucker. Are you also talking about e- equality? Yeah. Um, it's just yeah. Like, you know what I mean? No, no, but, yeah. yeah but, but to my point, which is you're right. I totally agree with that. But when you think about some of these dudes, they have a story, but they don't know it. They, But most of them don't actually have a story. <laughs> or they're the same story oh they have the same story it's like oh so you grew up in a suburb went to this catholic high school graduate went to college graduated never been outside the country don't speak any other language don't have any there's no spice yeah there's nothing that makes you that interesting i mean i mean they can find it but they gotta do the work some character building oh they they have to like take a class on a story (laughs) like writing your life story Cause, cause you're right. The the white comedians that are successful, if you listen to their material, they dig into their life. They yeah. really dig in. Like Bill Burr's last special, he goes into his wife, his new kid. Like he digs in. They yeah. have to dig in, and most of them are not willing to do that work. So yeah. all you're gonna get is, I am depressed. That's always the line <laughs> that kills. The opening line at every open mic from white comedians <laughs> is, uh, "I want to kill myself. <laughs> I'm depressed." It's like, dude. There's a story behind the depression. Talk about that. Don't yeah. talk not the depression itself. Just what is making you depressed? Is it your relationship with your mother, your dad, <laughs> your brother, your sister? Say something. Yeah. Yeah. They don't do that. And it's for us somehow, I have a lot of, uh, by virtue of my journey, there's a lot of conflict and it's easy for me to go and dig into it and share it. And hopefully it's funny. Snaps. I love, <laughs> I love that because I've been thinking that a lot. And obviously like, it's been a year since I've been like around comedians, like, you know, cause we've, everything's been shut down, but that was definitely like the discourse that it's like, Oh, it's so hard to be a white male comic right now. And I'm like, is it because Is it? yeah maybe you just need to be better sorry <laughs> yeah that's all i'm saying <laughs> thank you so much for being here this oh, has absolutely. been so fun i'm actually really pumped i feel like i didn't know we were gonna go this deep in this episode and so i was super excited <laughs> i'm always down to get good and deep <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
that kind of podcast. <laughs> so as we're closing out, where can people find you? Do you have any shows that you want to plug or you know, your socials, all that jazz? Yeah. So as far as socials, I have a website that is poorly maintained, but it's Birungi Comedy. That's B-I-R-U-N-G-I comedy uh, dot com. And that's also my handle for Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. As far as shows coming up, I'll be hosting for Alonzo Bowden at Laughs. Awesome. Uh, May 1st and 2nd. And then first week of May, I'll be in San Diego. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh we have some people in San Diego. Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. So, yeah, I'll be doing some shows in San Diego. All <laughs> right. And we'll post about those ones that are coming up to just like oh, sure. remind yeah. people to get there. And we, again, of course, all of those this information is going to be in the description box as well as on our Instagram. Plugs of the week. Plugs of the week. Okie dokie. So for my plug of the week, I am shouting out Luna Luna. It's a band. They are a Latinx Latine. I know people have different ways that they like to say that. So I just bring in both. And they basically their uh, genre is folk rock. But here's the thing. I whenever I'm listening to their songs, I would recommend like for you and then you can dive into anything else. I'm feeling like I'm back. Like <laughs> I'm back. Bitch, I wasn't born in the 80s. OK, I wouldn't be back <laughs> there. But I feel as if I am in an 80s rom-com having my slow song with jake ryan having my moment and i also feel like i don't know for any of my latinx latina people out there if you know jose jose i feel like i am in that moment in that element and it just brings me back like good good feelings and memories and if you ever need a slow song to dance to or you're just hanging out chilling this is this is the thing for you all right, my plug of the week is going to be Dark Dream Media, and it is from my friend Allison, and she is an amazing photographer, and if you are like all about the witchy aesthetic, mm-hmm. baby girl, this is for you, and so you can find them on IG at Dark Dream Media. Those were the plugs of the week. All right, that is the episode. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. This has been really, really fun. This one might be yeah. one of my favorites. And thank you so much again for being on today's I appreciate episode. It. Yeah. Um, you're welcome to come back anytime. Sure. And um, I can't wait to see your next show. I went to your last one and I had a grand old time. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. Yes, of course. <laughs> Okay, and then you can find us on Instagram at thanks for your concern. Make sure that you follow, like, subscribe, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a lot. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Cheers.